This is Vanderbilt Business. With application season in full swing and deadlines approaching, we sat down with our admissions team to get answers on a variety of frequently asked questions. We talk about cultural fit, GMAT versus GRE, preparing for interviews, tackling the video essay, waitlists, scholarships, and other popular topics. We also dive into international specific aspects of the admissions process at the end of the pod, including strategies for test taking, essay writing, and more. Second year MBA Michael Warburton moderated the discussion. Welcome to the Admissions Insider Panel. My name is Michael Warburton. I'm a current second year MBA. I'm also a campus visit coordinator, which essentially means that I organize all the candidate visits and the interviews. And I'm also going to be serving as your moderator today in the podcast that's focused on frequently asked questions about the admissions process. We'll start with some general application questions, and then later on, I'll have some more focused questions for our international applicants. So to answer those questions, we have the admissions team here with me today, and to get us started, let's just have them introduce themselves. Hello, I'm Christy St. John, and I'm the Director of MBA Admissions. Hi, this is Kim Killingsworth, and I am the Director of International Recruiting and Relations. Hi, I'm Consuela Knotts. I'm Director of Admissions Operations and Diversity Recruiting Manager, and I'm also an alum of the program. Hi, I'm Zeke Artiaga, and I'm one of the Associate Directors of Admissions. My name is Rob Schickler. I'm also an Associate Director of Admissions and also an alumnus of the program. Hi, everybody. My name is Bailey McChesney, and I'm an Associate Director of Admissions. Great. So let's just get this started. Rob, we'll start with you. So fit's something that I heard about a lot when I was applying, and I'm happy that I found the fit here at Vanderbilt, but I'm curious how you evaluate fit during the application process. <laughs> that is a great question and one that is difficult to answer succinctly. Uh, we could probably do an entire podcast just talking about the culture here at Owen because I do think it is unique compared to other MBA programs. Um, but from an admission standpoint, I think there's two ways that we evaluate fit. One is objectively, obviously we're looking for candidates that have strong GMAT scores and undergrad GPAs, people who have great work experience, uh, and people who can communicate and interview well. But then subjectively, uh, I think we're also looking for folks who will take advantage of the personalized, high-touch community that we offer here. Uh, I will sometimes joke that in a class of 170, we don't have room for arrogant, obnoxious jerks, but we don't have room for wallflowers either. Uh, we expect all 170 of our students to be active and engaged, um, to participate both inside and outside of the classroom, and to be engaged with one another. And so I think from the admissions committee, we're looking for people who have demonstrated a level of engagement and involvement um, in the past and who can articulate how they would be an active part of the Owen community as a student. Great. And I'm glad you brought up the idea around the GMAT score. So a question that I'm frequently asked when students come onto campus is the GMAT or the GRE? Christy, do you have any thoughts? I have a lot of thoughts on that. <clears throat> the GMAT was the original test developed for business schools, just like the MCAT was for medical school and LSAT for law school. We started accepting the GRE because we have students who are applying sometimes to two different programs. One requires the GRE, the other out of the business school requires the GMAT. So we thought, well, that's a huge expense for applicants, so we'll take the GRE as well. The difference in the two tests is that the math on the GRE is slightly easier, so we require a higher score on that to make sure you can get through our program. Um, the GMAT is also one of the tests that recruiters sometimes look at, especially if you're going into investment banking or into consulting. Not all of them, but a lot of the top firms will do uh, their weeding out by your GMAT score. I think that both scores are valid, and we do a validity study every single year, and it does prove to us 
how well you're going to do in the first year of the program. It has nothing to do with whether you're going to be a successful business person or not, but it does tell us whether you can get through it or not. And that's the thing that we are worried about. So that's why we, that's why we ask it. It's not just a barrier or a hurdle you have to get over. Um, it's something that you should look forward to to prepare yourself for the rigors of business school. Thank you. So, Zeke, what about um, people who are coming to interview? What could they expect from their interview, and then how could they prepare? As far as expectations, I would say to expect a structured conversation. Um, you're going to want to really showcase what you can bring to the table. Um, also, with uh, regards to preparation, think about your story. Why do you want to get an MBA? Why do you need to get an MBA? What personal ambitions do you have? What do you want to do next? Also, make sure to dress professionally and bring copies of your resume. Okay, that's great advice. So Bailey, I, there's a video essay. Do you have any advice on that video essay? Yeah, so like the interview, the video essay is another opportunity for us to really get to know the real you. Um, it's meant to be more casual than the, the interview, but at the same time, you want to treat the video essay professionally in the way that you dress and the background. Um, my biggest piece of advice would be to use the prep time to think through the structure of how you're going to answer the question um, and what you want to convey to the admissions committee. We've given you a minute of prep time so that you can really feel confident about how you respond. Great. So when I was applying, I was fortunate enough to be able to discuss getting my MBA with my current supervisor, but sometimes that just isn't the case. So what advice would you give for an applicant if they're not comfortable asking their current supervisor for a recommendation? Consuelo? Well, I'd say it depends on why you're not comfortable. Are you hiding something? <laughs> Just kidding. We, we understand when candidates are not ready to let their supervisors know about school, um, they might be waiting to uh, alert them of their intended departure at a date that might be more suitable for them. And if this is the case, then you might rely on a recommendation from a prior direct manager, from a client, or perhaps even a mentor within your organization. Basically, we want the recommender to be able to give unbiased information and examples of a variety of things um, related to you, whether it's your leadership, your initiative, interpersonal skills, but definitely we want to know about your overall impact on an organization. So whomever you can get to relay that sort of information to us will work out just fine. Cool. So here's a question that also pops up pretty frequently, and Rob, you can take this one. Um, students ask, am I at a disadvantage, especially as a domestic candidate, if I don't visit campus before submitting my application? That's a great question, and because it's a little bit different at the graduate level than it is at the undergrad level, whereas a lot of colleges track how many points of contact you have with the school, how many times you set foot on campus, uh, it's a little bit different at the graduate level. We know that folks have jobs and lives, and it costs money to get plane tickets and to travel to different cities, uh, so there is not an expectation necessarily that you will have visited campus uh, before you apply. Some folks who uh, apply in the later rounds will have the chance to visit first and then apply, other folks will apply and then visit. So from an admissions perspective, it doesn't matter to us which order you do things in, but I would definitely encourage all applicants to visit as many campuses as they can as they're going through the application process. I think visiting a campus and, and having the chance to spend a day with a current student, maybe going to class, I think really brings a school's culture to life in a way that maybe a web page or a brochure just can't do. So Zeke, let's go to you on this one. Are there any tips for how to prepare a resume for an application? 
So as a former corporate recruiter, um, I would say make sure you keep your resume to one page. Um, I think employers who come to campus are looking for that, so having that already completed uh, will really be helpful to you. Other tips, be honest. Make sure that you are quantifying your accomplishments. Try and demonstrate how you've grown in your career, uh, what leadership capabilities you've had or any leadership opportunities that you've held, whether that be through your career or through extracurricular activities. And finally, think about how your resume complements your story and the rest of your MBA application. I've always been curious, um, and this question comes up a lot, because I did not have an undergrad that was business-related. Uh, I was history and religious studies. So is there a disadvantage to that? So this is Consuela, and I'd like to answer that question. It is definitely not in a disadvantage. In fact, you might say I'm a little biased because when I got my MBA, I was an engineer beforehand. <laughs> so, But uh, having sat on the admissions committee for quite a time now, I'll say that it's definitely not a disadvantage. And actually, half of our students don't have a business background. So a lot of times you're thinking you're on an island, but you're really not. There are many other students who don't have a business degree. Uh, we just need evidence that you can handle a very rigorous coursework, especially in quantitative classes. And that's why balancing all of the wonderful extracurricular activities that are going on. So you might want to do an exchange program, work on a project abroad, network with employers, do a case competition, all of these things. And so we need to know that you're not going to suffer in the classroom. And so we'll look at your transcript, uh, no matter your degree, and just make an assessment on whether we think that you can handle the rigor of our program. We love diversity of all types, including educational backgrounds um, and among other aspects of diversity because it enriches the learning of our students. Great. Well, I'm glad to hear that. So when I was applying, and, and a lot of people will ask this, but they're interested in scholarships. So how could an applicant tell if they'd be a competitive applicant for a scholarship? Christy? This is a great question, and people should really think about how they're going to pay for this before they jump right into it, because I've had a number of cases when people suddenly realize, oh, I've been admitted, but I don't have enough money to do this. Scholarships um, are very competitive. Vanderbilt, as a private university, is funded by endowments from our alums and from corporate donors. So we don't get a lot of federal funds. That means that our scholarships are all regulated by what the donor says, and all our donors will generally say they are merit-based. We publish the profile of each class on our website. You can look at that, and if you're in, in close range to most of the stats, like the GMAT, GPA work experience, you have a good shot at getting an, um, a scholarship. We do this at the time of admission. You do not have to do any extra work to apply for scholarship. We will look at what your background is and decide about what level scholarship we can give you. And we try to, do, we try to be as generous as possible. There are only three scholarships that you do need to do an additional essay for, and that is the Ramba, the Forte for Women, and the um, diverse, any of the diversity scholarships. Uh, you can't apply specifically for any of the scholarships listed on our website, but if you have a background that matches one of those, you can be pretty sure that should you get a scholarship, you will be awarded a named scholarship based on your background. All right, that's good to know. So let's say some folks go all the way through the process and they're placed on the wait list. So what should they do if they're placed on that wait list and when would they get the final decision? 
Um, this is Bailey. If you receive a waitlist decision, um, it's really important to note that there are pieces of your application that the admissions team really liked about you. Um, on the flip side of that, there's obviously something that was holding us back from admitting you to our program. Um, if you find yourself in this position, um, it's important to really do some self-reflection, look at your application objectively, and talk to your admissions counselor about ways that you can increase your profile. Um, the important thing is to really do something to change the profile. Uh, we give you the opportunity to change your application and improve your candidacy, um, so I would encourage you to take advantage of that. Okay, so what advice, I guess we'll ask everybody this question, but what advice do you have for candidates sitting down and, and filling out their application? This is Zeke. I'll start with that. Um, I would say be your true authentic self. Um, make sure you're expressing who you are through your essays, your interviews, and just having authentic conversations with staff and students. I can go next. This is Consuela. I would say be sure to explore as much as you can about a school. Um, talk to students who are there. Talk to even other visitors who are visiting campus when you are. Uh, look up faculty bios. Um, network with other alums and, and individuals who are in a city near you. Um, it's really critical that you learn as much about a school. One, it will be reflected in how you interact and even prepare your application. But then probably most importantly, it really, really lets you understand the culture of a school and it will help you to make a much better decision about where you want to go. This is Christy. One of the things that I would like to make evident is the optional essay. A lot of you say, is it really optional? Yes, it really is. And the purpose of it is to address any weaknesses in your application. We don't want to have you reiterate exactly what you've said in your essay or tell us why you want to be here. That's lovely, but the optional essay is strictly for you to talk to us about um, you may have had a bad year in undergrad, why your grades were low, you may have a gap in your employment. Be sure to address those. This is Rob. Uh, the piece of advice I usually give folks is to tell us a story. So tell us what you've done, what you want to do, and how an MBA, and specifically a Vanderbilt MBA, can get you from point A to point B. Uh, that last part is really important. Uh, you would probably be surprised at how many applications we get that are pretty much just cookie cutters, where folks obviously did a find and replace and just swapped out one school's name for another. We can tell that. Uh, so tell us why you're interested in us. Why Vanderbilt? What is it about our program that uh, appeals to you? This is Kim. I always suggest that you go into the whole process as relaxed as possible. Don't overthink it. And uh, don't worry about the video essays, but see it as an opportunity to bring your application to life. Yeah, and this is Bailey, um, and I would say to focus on the things that you can control. Um, at the point that you're applying, you can't control certain pieces of your application, but there are a handful of things that you can control. Uh, for example, your undergraduate work is likely several years behind you, but you have the GMAT interview and essays that are all in front of you. Um, and you can use those pieces of the application that you can control to help improve the profile um, of your application. So let's shift our attention a little bit to the international applicants, and I bet the advice would be good for all the applicants. And Kim, you're probably best suited for these. So what could an international student do to set themselves apart? Great. I would say first and foremost is to be proactive. Show how your current skill sets are going to be transferable to what you want to do post-MBA and what skill sets you need to um, achieve in the MBA in order to make that transition. Show how you have researched companies and functional areas, 
how perhaps you're reaching out to people at those companies to see how you might best fit and are you taking classes in any areas that you're lacking for example maybe you work in IT and you've never been exposed to finance it would be helpful if you took um, a background course before you get to the MBA if you're coming from a functional role in which you were in a back office and you're looking to transition to a client-facing role, try to bring examples of any interactions you've had um, with clients. Show your adaptability and your assimilation skills. Have you lived outside your country? Have you studied abroad? Have you had much experience working with folks from other cultures? and show what you've done to learn about the Owen environment. It can be difficult if you haven't had the opportunity to come visit, so it's very important that you reach out to current students and perhaps alumni via LinkedIn or other ways and show that you have a sense of what our community is like. So reach out to many people as possible and name them in, in your application. That's always helpful and highlight examples from your career and um, volunteer experience that you had. We're not looking for um, examples from your undergrad days. Great. And is there any specific advice that you would give on how best to prepare their application? Absolutely. I would say start your test prep as far in advance as possible. We recommend a minimum of 100 hours test prep for the GMAT, but you also have the TOEFL or the IELTS to prepare for in many cases. And some applicants, even native English speakers, take two, three, or four attempts at the GMAT before they get a competitive score. So make sure you give yourself ample time. For some applicants, that may be a year or more before they have competitive scores to be able to apply to the program. And also, as far as giving ample time, make sure that your recommenders have sufficient time to be able to prepare their letters. You might want to take them out to coffee and give them some bulleted, highlighted points of successes that you've had and explain to them why you feel it's necessary that you do an MBA now at this point in your career. Apply only once you have a competitive application and this applies to all areas. It's your essays, having your recommenders lined up, having a competitive test scores and being able to tell your story in a genuine way. Make sure that you are very authentic Tell your story because you are the one that can best tell your story. Somebody that's writing your essay for you can't tell your story. We're looking for you to tell it in your voice. Once you've written your essay, have others read it. Don't tell them what the question was, but have them read it and see if they can tell you what the question was. If they can, that means that you have successfully answered the question. As a final question, what are you looking for in an international applicant? We're looking for um, students who are going to be adaptable, who are able to assimilate, because that's going to be very, very important in getting a job in the U.S. Um, and we're looking for candidates who are able to have very good communication skills and the willingness and desire to um, engage. This is a very small program. It's very, very collaborative. You can't hide from anybody, so we're looking for those who really want to share their experience and their worldview and to learn from others. We're looking for those with solid interpersonal skills and high emotional intelligence, EQ skills, 
and um, teamwork experience as well as leadership potential. We realize not everybody has had leadership experience, but we're looking for leadership potential and a good cultural fit. Great. So thank you all for answering the questions so candidly, hopefully helping out the listeners. If they wanted to reach out, ask their own questions, maybe learn more information, I just made a little list of things that perhaps they could do. So I would recommend going to the website. It's business.vanderbilt.edu. There's a request for information button that you can uh, hit and get some more information. You can also always email the admissions team. Their email address is admissions at vanderbilt.on.edu. Or you can come onto campus. Like I said, I'm a campus visit coordinator, and we love to coordinate those. We're always excited to host potential candidates. And you can actually sign up for that on the website that I mentioned earlier. And we have student ambassadors. So contact those student ambassadors, hear their story, hear why they think Owen's such a great place. Thanks again, and I hope everybody has a great day. Thanks to Michael, Christy, Consuela, Zeke, Rob, and Bailey for their time this week. And thank you for listening. You can find more stories and information about Owen by visiting our website, business.vanderbilt.edu, or following at Vanderbilt Owen on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. The views expressed on this podcast do not necessarily reflect the views of Vanderbilt University or the Vanderbilt Owen Graduate School of Management. Music is provided by Mike Foster. I'm Nate Luce.